Time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erna Berry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This week's episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by Erna Berry's Excel add-in. Save time and improve your report building by streamlining supply and pricing data directly into your spreadsheets. Call 732-240-5330 to learn more about the Excel add-in. Seafood consumption figures are in for 2020, revealing how the pandemic helped and hurt the industry. NOAA's 2020 Fisheries United States report revealed that per capita consumption of seafood dropped slightly from 19.3 pounds in 2019 to 19 pounds in 2020. We touched on seafood consumption briefly last week, but the National Fisheries Institute released the top 10 list which sheds some interesting light. So shrimp held its top spot and even increased consumption from 4.7 pounds in 2019 to 5 pounds in 2020. Salmon stayed at the number two spot, but consumption dropped from 3.1 in 2019 to 2.83 pounds in 2020. Pan tuna stayed in the number three spot as well and increased from 2.2 pounds in 2019 to 2.6 pounds in 2020. I feel like that's... Not surprising that it increased. I thought it would increase more with everyone doing the stockpiling of the cans. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, I guess not. Um, and shrimp, I guess that is an easy seafood item to make at home. Versatile, so easy. So I can see that, you know, yeah. staying at the number one spot. Um, tilapia bumped Alaska Pollock from the number four spot oh. and increased <laughs> and increased consumption <laughs> from a uh, 0.98 pounds in 2019 to 1.07 pounds in 2020. Alaska Pollock came in at number five with consumption decreasing from 0.996 pounds in 2019 to 0.88 pounds in 2020. I figured all the Pollock noodles and, uh, you know, Pollock jerky, and you know, maybe those will come into We're not eating enough of those. We got to right. be doing more. more. Right. <laughs> Our goal is to get Pollock back up. <laughs> And we will do it, the two of us, by ourselves. <laughs> so cod stayed at the number six spot and had a slight decrease from 0.59 pounds in 2019 to 0.57 pounds in 2020. Crab consumption stayed the same at 0.52 pounds and catfish decreased from 0.55 pounds in 2019 to 0.52 pounds in 2020. Gaseous consumption increased from 0.36 pounds to uh, 0.39 pounds in 2020. I'm kind of surprised that crab consumption stayed the same. Yeah. I th- honestly, I thought it would decrease. Yeah, I would I would assume that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, it's pretty interesting. Um, finally, scallops entered the top 10. Oh, yeah. I, I, I did my part there. I ate a lot of scallops. <laughs> um, they bumped clams, which came in uh, the 10th spot in 2019, um, with this, uh, 0.3 pounds. So scallop consumption in 2020 was 0.22 pounds. And overall, the top 10 uh, items made up 14.6 pounds, which is 77% of the 19 pounds per capita consumption. And I just think I, I, the clams being bumped makes sense because I feel like that is a big food service item. Yeah, 100%. And you're not Imagine getting clams, like, you know, so a lot of people obviously did the curbside pickup. Yeah. I, I don't think <laughs> no. that, that would that would not have worked at all. I can't even imagine. But what are what are your top top ten? Wait, I think we did this last year too. I love I love talking about our top ten. Okay, so let's see. I mean, 
I'm trying to think what's not on this list that would be in my top 10. Um, I eat a lot of oysters. Ooh, oysters, yeah. Are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, shrimp. But that's another one that salmon, would, would never have made the list. In there. Um, oysters never would have made the list in, in 2020. And it will be interesting to see the 2021 report, which, come on, can we get these a little? <laughs> <laughs> come on, Noah. <laughs> um, but when everything, when prices are, you know, skyrocketing across the board to see where everybody yeah. picks, yeah. you know. I guess the one thing, going back to oysters really quick, so obviously a big food service item, mm-hmm. but there were a lot, like um, I know by us, we have the Barnegat Oyster Collective, yep. and I saw them at a lot of um, farmer's markets this year. I know they did good, really great push during the pandemic yeah. where they were trying to like deliver oysters to your door and like they would provide the shucking knife and everything. Um, I st- But I, I don't do that at home. No. It's like a lot. I'll leave that to a yeah an expert. I want to. We could be experts. Maybe we, should Maybe we need to watch us <laughs> eat oysters. Oh wait, what do we need to do? Like go to these people and have them teach us how to shuck them and all right, and everything. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Let's let's get shucking. All right, let's let's cut this podcast right now. Okay. <laughs> so, um, just NFI notes that the uh, raw data provided by NOAA is historically retrospective. So, pandemic-related market forces will likely only really uh, be illustrated by data released over the next few years. You know, I'm really surprised going back to this list. <laughs> the amount of sushi that's consumed, you would think some of the other like fin fish would mm-hmm. rise to the top here. You know, we should uh, do a deeper dive into into. Yeah, you know, I mean, because sushi had to have been a a really easy. That's a great right. takeout item, so that had to have been. I don't think we've like looked into what sushi figures were during the pandemic. I mean, was that obviously it's more of a to me it's more of a luxury item. It's obviously a lot more than ordering just like a pizza, you know. Yeah. So people were trying to save money during the pandemic. Maybe maybe the sushi didn't. Great. Well, Lauren, some of us just don't have money to throw out on, on sushi weekly. Jeez, well, I guess I'm coming over for dinner. Let me know when your sushi nights are, and I'll be there. Sunday nights. All right, I like that. <laughs> so NFI Programs Director Richard Barry said in a statement that the next top 10 list could answer some long... <laughs> this is an example of me not reading the script. <laughs> some long-held questions. He added that the experts at the Global Seafood Market Conference in January were busy mapping a predicted overall increase in pandemic-era seafood consumption and species diversification trends. So watch this space. At least it's good that you're on the same page as Richard Barry. It's a good page to be on. It, it definitely so. is. Whether he knows <laughs> who I am or not. <laughs> yes. Uh, just for everyone listening, uh, Richard Barry thought that Lauren was me, which is the most flattering thing in the world. <laughs> I I am everywhere. I don't think our could tell us apart. Anyway, I know where so. it was. <laughs> I know uh, my daughter called you mom a couple times yes, during... And I responded. <laughs> we carried on as normal. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's not make things any more weirder here. So in other news, uh, Seattle has a new landmark. Um, and I can't remember if we've already talked about this in the podcast or on video or maybe just around the water cooler. We have. But uh, on May 11th, a mural by artist Kyler Martz uh, titled Heritage was unveiled at Seattle's iconic Pier 91 to a crowd of over 200 art lovers and industry members, uh, many of whom were a crew preparing to head north the Pollock B season next month. So the idea for the mural was brainstormed by members of the Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers, 
who wanted an art piece that would support the association's branding and marketing efforts, but also be interactive and tell the story of the under-the-radar fish to new audiences. And thanks to Glacier Fish Company, which has global headquarters at Pier 91, Gap was able to score themselves the perfect canvas. So Jim Johnson, the CEO of Glacier Fish and a Gap board member, said that the company was honored to provide the canvas on behalf of the entire industry to showcase the amazing wild Alaska pollock that we all harvest and are honored to be the stewards of the amazing new landmark. The photos are stunning, and Amanda and I are hoping to go see it in person very soon. Fingers crossed. Just book the flights on the corporate card. We will, uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ask for forgiveness, not for permission. (laughs) In other wild Alaska pollock news, the latest purchase award description from the U.S. uh, Department of Agriculture shows that it bought over 3.2 million pounds of Alaska pollock products for just shy of $10 million. Back on May 4th, the USDA shared its invitation to uh, for offers to sell Pollock products as it eyed frozen fillets, frozen fish sticks, bulk containers, and breaded frozen fish sticks. That is a tongue twister. Nearly all of the purchase came from Trident Seafoods, which sold a little over 3 million and 94,000 pounds of Pollock products for $9.6 million. Meanwhile, American Seafoods sold 118,000 pounds of Pollock for $274,000. In total, 3.2 million pounds of product was purchased for $9.96 million. In an email to CFU News, Craig Morris, the CEO of GAP, said that this purchase brings the USDA's fiscal year 2022 purchases to 9.9 million pounds at a value of over $31.5 million. That places fiscal year 2022, which wraps up on September 30th, as the third highest in value and fifth highest in volume ever. Morris also told Seafood News that the average delivered price of $3.65 per pound for 40-pound cartons of Wild Alaska Pollock fish sticks is also the highest delivered price ever for the product. So, finger snaps for Wild Alaska Pollock. So, in other news, the freshly caught Copper River Chinook and Sockeye Salmon met the red carpet in Seattle as Alaska Airlines delivered the eagerly awaited fish to the market. The season began last Monday morning in a 12-hour opener, when 12,800 sockeye and 2,700 Chinook were caught in the waters outside the barrier islands that form the Copper River Flats. The fish are prized for their omega-3 oil content, accumulated as they spend three to five years feeding in the ocean before returning to rivers and lakes of the Copper River watershed. According to a report in the Cordoba Times, pre-order prices for the Copper River Chinook and sockeye salmon at Seattle's famed Pike Place Fish Market were as high as $899.99 for a whole Copper River King salmon and $199.95 for a Copper River sockeye. Pike Place is also taking orders for Chinook fillets at $129.99 a pound and sockeye fillets at $74.98 a pound. Copper River Seafoods with plants in Cordova and Anchorage is offering 8-ounce portions of Copper River Kings for $89 a pound and 8-ounce portions of Copper River sockeyes at $49.99 a pound. This year's Copper River Run, which includes both landings and escapement, is expected to be 1.4 million sockeyes. That's 34% lower than the most recent 10-year average. Another 414,000 sockeye are expected to return to the Coghill River in Prince William Sound later this year. A run that size can support a harvest level of 928,000 fish. Of that, the allocation to the commercial fleet would be 716,000 sockeyes. In other news, the Global Seafood Alliance, or GSA, 
announced last week that Atlantic Canada will host the 22nd edition of the Gold Conference in the fall of 2023. So Gold, the responsible seafood conference, will bring 500 seafood industry leaders from around the globe to St. John, New Brunswick. And this will be the second time the event is held in Canada, with Vancouver serving as the host in 2015. GSA CEO Brian Perkins noted that Atlantic Canada is a major producer on the global aquaculture scene, particularly with salmon. Perkins said that the region's finfish and shellfish aquaculture farmers have embraced best practices and are highly regarded as responsible and significant contributors to the rural coastal economy and working waterfronts in New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, and Prince Edward Island. Coupled with a rich tradition of wild harvest fisheries, New Brunswick is an ideal fit for Gold 2023 and GSA. Love it. I'm in as well. Me so. too. <laughs> and if you're having anything, we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, top chef host Tom Colicchio is throwing his support behind the plant-based seafood company, the company behind the award-winning mind-blown plant-dusted, uh, sorry, plant-dusted, plant-based dusted scallops. The plant-based seafood company was founded by Monica Talbert, who, prior to launching the company, sold gourmet fish and shellfish dishes with her mom, Shelly, and sister, Allie, under Van Cleave Seafood Company. Did you know that the they were um, flagged as one of Oprah's, like, top ten? Uh, top, Wait, yeah. does she still do that? Yeah. Top gift things. So That's Oprah amazing. loves that. Okay. And, and now loves Tom Colicchio loves them. All right. I'm on board. <laughs> I mean, you only had to have Oprah. <laughs> So while Van Cleef Seafood Company is still in operation, Monica has been turning heads with mind-blown brand, which includes plant-based coconut shrimp, dusted shrimp, dusted scallops, and lobster crab cakes. Colicchio what has, does she mean by dusted? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm dying to get my hands on these. Yeah. If they've got those backings, they've got to be good. Yeah. But like, yeah, Colicchio has nothing but praise for the brand. You know, obviously, hence the reason for the investment. Um, the Top Chef host noted that he's working, uh, that he's worked with and tasted a lot of seafood in his career and has been fishing his whole life. And he said in a statement that uh, he was a little dubious when it came to alternative seafoods, but plant-based seafood company blew it out of the water. And according to him, their plant-based scallops taste like scallops. How do they do it? How do they How do it? Do they? <laughs> so I'm dying to try them. So they're, they're not, um, I've, I've already looked, you can't find them in stores by us, but they do sell some uh, on some like vegan vegetarian uh mm-hmm. like online stores but they're like sold out do they oh there's i was gonna say do they ship can we get them? yeah we can we can get them but we just have to like you know obviously everyone loves them because, yeah Ooh, that'd be fun mm-hmm. can you taste yeah side. so anyway yeah he said the plant-based scallops taste like scallops and he said their shrimp is not only delicious but that the, the texture is spot on so you know yeah, naturally we need to get our hands on these and, and see what the what the hype's all about we sure do All right, everyone, that about does it for us. Thank you for listening, and we will see you here next week. Bye-bye.